Hello and welcome back to Seasonal Sampler, in which we give our first impressions on the latest anime every season. I'm your host, Evan Minto, also the host of the Gamers podcast, and back with me this episode, it's Inc., formerly of Otaku no Radio. Hello, everybody. Inc., how are we doing? How are we doing in life, but also in anime? Well, if my voice sounds a little shaky, it's because I got rear-ended this morning and my, oh my just God. <laughs> finished a uh, ten and a half hour shift at a warehouse. So, you know, my back's feeling great. <laughs> the podcaster is braver than the troops. I am always <laughs> saying this, except when I'm doing the joke where I say podcasters are the worst scum of the earth. It sort of depends what bit I'm doing at any given time. And you're not wrong neither. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're kind of both true, right? The greatest and the worst of all people are podcasters. So we're going to talk about the anime that we're watching in winter 2023 this episode. But before that, we are going to recap what we watched in fall 2022, which, oh my God, was quite a season with quite a lot of stuff airing, um, like kind of the biggest season, I feel like in a while. Uh, we, we talked about that last time. Mm. I feel like I also want to maybe recap something we talked about last time, which is uh, Crunchyroll has still not had a meeting with SAG-AFTRA. So just FYI, when we talk about Crunchyroll shows, that is everybody stopped talking about that, but that remains a thing. Yeah, it didn't instantly resolve because everyone didn't stop talking, or didn't keep talking about it. Yeah, that's right. In fact, <laughs> last season had a lot of stuff. Uh, Ink, what did you actually actually keep up with and finish last season? Oh man, I, I super crashed. Um, I, I think last season I was on board for like 10 shows <laughs> or something like that. I at least <laughs> I had watched like one episode of the first. Nice. And uh, I ended up watching two, <laughs> kind of three, um, like Akiba Made War, uh, Bochi the Rock, and intermittently I would watch an episode of Love Flops because what it weird. Really did... What a weird set of shows to pick from right? the like biggest season of all time or whatever. Now, like I did finish Cyberpunk Edge Runners and uh, Stone Ocean, but that was kind of like the half season before, right? Because it was the Netflix release schedule. Yeah. Um, and I love the I love the hell out of Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Um, that was one of my anime of the year. Um, and Stone Ocean just kind of failed me in the last uh, season, but uh, Akiba Made War was like appointment viewing. Just could not miss it. It was excellent all the way through and just kind of if it didn't have that last scene would have absolutely been one of my anime of the year but like just shy of the landing i wanted um not that it was a bad ending it just went a little too far i thought um you name dropped it twice in there and we didn't have you in our staff picks this year so ink what's your anime of the year uh it was kind of a tie for first place it was the girl from the other side and Inuo. Inuo. I didn't put it on my list, but that was a cool movie. Yeah, I saw it. Like, no one in Anagamers said Inuo. And I was like, oh, oh. Well, it, it didn't, it didn't quite, I mean, it, it's, it's a, one of the most ink core things I've ever seen, but uh, it didn't quite like strike me in the same way. I, I liked it, but it was, you know, there was other stuff that I liked more this past year. I just, it's kind of like, doesn't feel like a personal favorite of mine, but I just love the kind of insane premise of it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, so good. Like it, it honestly felt just like uh, a 90 minute or 120 minute rock concert. It's and, well, I was, yeah, it's a concert movie. Yeah. Like literally there were people kind of like, you know, jamming out in the seats at the theater. I saw that. It was really cool. Nice. <laughs> Including me, I was doing that because it felt like you know you're at a. It was like going to the the Utapri movie, which I did once, which is like literally a concert movie. Like it's just, it's it's an anime version of watching like a movie that's just a recording of a concert or something. Mm. Yeah, I mean everybody's toes were tapping and like legs were you know sort of wiggling in their little confined spaces or you know rested up on their recliner. Uh, yeah footrests and all that so we've managed to somehow get a field of uh the subject which is tv anime now we're talking about an anime movie <laughs> but yeah <laughs> uh, let's see let's see i'm looking at my list uh, i did finish edge runners i think i finished it maybe before we even recorded the episode um and and we did a podcast on it me david and callum from the canapa effect go listen to that in the feed uh, there was a bunch of stuff I wanted to watch more of last season, but I am me. I'm very busy and bad at keeping up with weekly television. So I watched Chainsaw Man through great effort. I fell way behind on it and then like had to kind of cram to catch up at the end of the year and did not finish anything else. Uh, I wanted to keep up with Akiba Maid War, The Witch from Mercury, maybe Ursa Yatsura, Mob Psycho. Um, I was interested in trying DIY, which I know people said good things about and, um, Bochi the rock, both of those are like cute girls doing cute things, but I was like, maybe I will give them a try. Did not actually even give them a try. Um, Oh, pop team Epic. That was the other one, which I also didn't finish. Um, I think I've talked about it before. This is just a very, it's just a me problem, but I think there's other people who have a similar problem, but it's like, I can keep up for the first couple of weeks. And then it's like, I miss a week and it's like, well, I'll never recover from this. <laughs> I'm just like, I guess I'll just not watch the show then. <laughs> it definitely feels like that in the, <laughs> the, the larger seasons. <laughs> yeah. And I think like anime NYC, that's usually what happens. Like a con or something happens. And I think it was like anime NYC happened in the middle of the season. And it was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, I, I ended up cause I had to prep for it and everything. I missed like two weeks and it was like, yeah, I'm not catching up. Kind of lost the the motivation to keep up with all the shows. That's why you have uh, like the late night room party where it's just like the mm. after after party where everyone just sits around watching anime because it's just like, okay, it's basically what we came here for, the love of, and we're too tired to process anything else. So that's right. <laughs> you know, it was the best thing for for kind of seeing all the shows every season in some form was uh, Crunchyroll used to have them playing uh, with no volume just in all the TVs around the office. And so you just walk around and you would ambiently pick up whatever's airing this season. <laughs> nice. Uh, in terms of my opinions, I kind of, you know, I kept my, my issues with Chainsaw Man all the way through that. It's a little too kind of serious and like trying to go for that, like that moody cinematic feel. But I felt like as it went on, it kind of earned that more because as the manga goes on, it gets more serious. So it felt like they were maybe, I think uh, Kyle said they were like playing the long game, uh, which is a good way of putting it. Like they they know that it's going to eventually warrant a more serious tone. And so I guess they kind of front loaded it uh, and it just it's a trade off. It makes the really serious and emotional scenes uh pretty impressive like a lot of the the acting and 
you know, it gives them space for that instead of just being like a wacky comedy, like an Imaishi style comedy or whatever. But then you lose a lot of the comedy from it. So it's a bit of a trade-off. And, and I did really like a lot of the comedy and psychedelia of the manga, which is kind of missing. It's I really don't like the colors. That's one of my biggest issues. It's just very brown and gray, which is a shame for a manga that I feel like deserves a much more vibrant color palette. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you talk about blood spewing everywhere. Although, mm -hmm. actually, blood and brown kind of mix. But I know what you mean. It, it really does deserve a much more vibrant color palette. Yeah, and the other stuff I watched was good. Pop Team Epic was very funny, the first episode. And I guess the running gag with like the Tokusatsu show is really, really funny. And uh, I, The Witch from Mercury, I was like pretty into, but I wasn't, uh, I mean, evidenced by me not finishing it. I wasn't like obsessed with it the way a lot of people were. It was a little too much high school and not enough Gundam for me. But I wonder if that maybe shifts over time. I know people were talking about the ending being pretty wild, so I kind of want to catch up so I don't get spoiled on that. My God, Evan, the extra scene. Okay, I have no, I have no idea. I don't about know anything. Apparently, a big scene. I want. I mean, I liked it. I did. I did enjoy it. Um, it, it definitely feels like a slightly different turn for Gundam, which is cool. So I, I do want to finish that. Ah, I see what you did there. Oh, that's right. Well. I was, I was trying to come up with some other joke about turn A, and then I could not uh, land on anything. So we're going to move on to winter 2023. And this time, we're tied, buddy. I counted seven and seven. Holy shit. Look at that. I will not be watching seven shows this season. <laughs> oh, no. I don't I've, even know I've... if I'm going to. Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to watch one, because I might just like catch up on Witch for Mercury. <laughs> but I watched <laughs> seven first episodes this season. I'm pretty set on four. Okay, let's find out what those four are. We're going to start with a show that we both watched, Trigun Stampede. And I actually watched the premiere at Anime NYC, uh, but you watched it like just regularly on Crunchyroll, I guess. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this? You know, I, I, I encountered uh, Trigun fairly early on in my revived fandom. And uh, oh, it was ink, fun. ink Part 2, yeah. Yeah, I was like... After college, I think just just after my mom's death, or maybe before, can't remember. Um, but you know, somewhere in that time, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is fun, and you know, interesting, and looks cool." And I really didn't have any reason to come back, and uh, that was neither, kind of neither did they for a long time. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. Um, but that, that was kind of what was weighing on me every second I was watching it. I was like, okay, why am I watching this? I don't need more Trigun. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was okay at the, the CG animation of it while a lot better than a lot of stuff like Zestus, the Roman fighter. Um, mm. it, was, it was okay. Um, but I, it was just kind of ugly to me and I, wow. not not really what i wanted this is a pretty middling review for a show that i think is getting a lot of love right now um, probably i mean though i i can understand why a lot of people are invested in it um it was never one of my favorite shows well and, yeah <laughs> i mean i was gonna say i think that's uh i think that's part of it uh and you know well i, I guess i guess maybe disclaimer is like I'm friends with the producer. Uh, like we we both know the producer Yoshihiro Watanabe. Uh, so 
there's maybe a little bit of bias there. So I don't, I don't want to like say anything mean about his show. Um, but it's uh, kind of agree with you. There's like the, the, you know, the CG is, is really good. Orange is great. Um, it feels a little more difficult. Like, you know, they're, they're making, they're making their job harder. They're challenging themselves by like moving into something that's more of like a, the realm of traditional animation whereas like land of the lustrous and b stars was kind of like they were dealing with non-human characters so they kind of were able to you know use use uh cg to depict things that like you're you don't see as often in anime and so like the audience isn't as used to how they're supposed to look which is like Mm -hmm. a smart move and here it's like a it's you know challenging now they're doing a cg version of like characters that people know from a 2d anime um and yeah, I, I think it, it it doesn't always work for me, but like their action direction and stuff is really, really good. Like a lot of fun. That's like one of the best parts of the show. Just all the, I mean, the the basically the motion in general, a lot of the acting is really good. Like that's that's what's really impressive. And I've complained for years that like motion is where a lot of the CG fails. I think people focus mm-hmm. a lot on like rendering, but a lot of like what makes it look so awkward is the motion. And Orange is really good at the motion, you know? Most of the time, like, and I know, I know Meryl's made out to be goofier in here than she mm-hmm. usually is. Um, but there's, there's like a fleshiness to her that kind of mm. reminded me of a Disney Pixar esque take on Bulma, yeah. Bulma or Android 18 from Dragon Ball Z. Um, and I mean, that aside, um, I did find lovely quite a few shots, like some scene composition and some, mm-hmm. some, uh, some scenes themselves were just really excellent. Uh, one of which I think it's one of the latter scenes with, uh, Vash pointing his gun up to the air while a huge explosion. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good scene. (laughs) Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, and I mean, there's a lot to like in there. Um, but I just wasn't in the mood to like it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, I was going to say before, there's a lot of nostalgia going into this for people. Uh, and I am somewhat similar to you, even though I'm a little more of like the generation that has that attachment to Trigon. But I, I didn't really watch a ton of it until a little bit later, like when I was in college. I think I watched bits and pieces, but never the whole thing or something like that uh, until college. And I I mean, I didn't think of Trigon, similar to what you're saying, as something that was like, that's an all-time great show. They should bring that back. I thought of Trigon as like a kind of fun little thing that's like oh that's like that's very 1998 that's a, that was a cool little show that like eh, it's got a lot of flaws but it's got some very neat like action some really fun episodes and memorable characters and stuff um it's not to me like you know it's not like a cowboy bebop or something right felt like a lot of the comedy was kind of tacked on uh or, or something that was expected to be funny but it's not really funny anymore because we're so used to the delivery or so used to the jokes and I don't know if that was sort of like, uh, hey, kids, you know, remember this and we'll proceed from here. But, you know, we want to, you know, land where we left off and then maybe take off with it. I'm not sure if that was why that style of comedy was in there. Like there's a lot of flailing arms and hiding behind. Oh, I love that, man. Yeah, like the, that's, that's what I meant by the motion. There's a lot of really good, like, uh, kind of visual gags and comedic acting and stuff. That's some of the best parts of it i think i thought some of that emphasized some of the weakness in the animation mm. uh, 
like because those moments like either the comedy would have worked or the animation would have and i don't think the two gelled very well or they came off as trying to gel too hard um mm. and it's, it's something with that like didn't go well with my brain uh i'll, I'll just say like looking forward for this show uh, i do want to watch more of it and i'm curious to see how because because i do like it i'm curious to see story-wise how it uh develops because i think it's a more accurate adaptation is my understanding than the original anime and the original anime is really fun at the beginning when it's doing kind of action comedy hijinks and gets pretty dumb at the end as i remember it so (laughs) i'm curious if this is also going to get really dumb at the end because i've never read the manga so that's that's what i would like to see here is maybe maybe it'll be a little more fleshed out and not uh i mean the the main problem with original trigun is just fundamentally that it's a show about a guy using guns to not kill people and that's fine when it's just a comedy but when it's like about the serious task of using guns to not kill people it's just like you can't do that though (laughs) you can't constantly (laughs) be shooting guns out of people's hands that's not what guns are made for you shoot the water tower that's inevitably behind them and then you know you yeah don't have to exactly it's just it gets really silly it's and when it, it's silly that's good when you're doing a comedy right um sure. so i'm gonna let you pick the next one ink we're gonna jump around here some more series oh heck let's talk about the sports anime you know what wait there's only one right it's rare for you to watch one so well it depends on the sport you're talking about uh true true is poker a sport? No. Is um um sorry, I'm looking through to see if there's anything else that's a sport. I think there's only really one that's a sport. <laughs> uh so you're talking about Ippon again, which I just watched right before this, and I'm glad I did because I was on the verge of not watching it. This one's on high dive. I actually read the first chapter of this manga a while ago. And I don't think it's licensed, like I read it in Japanese. Um, and I th- I thought it was like pretty it was a pretty good first chapter and similarly i was very impressed it's about girls in a judo club in high school though a lot of it takes place in middle school and then it like skips ahead to when they go to high school and i thought like it's pretty standard right like the Mm -hmm. the setup of like oh girl goes to high school and joins a club but i felt like the arc that it takes her through is pretty compelling and and has a lot of really nice um direction and and acting and stuff that like makes you kind of like follow her along follow along with her her journey of like she she wants to quit judo and then she rediscovers her love of it and joins the club and and it's like a really nice ending of the episode what do you think yeah i I, i'm a fan of uh over the top drama so Mm. you know her throwing a girl to the mat in sort of this reflex self-defense move mm-hmm. and saying, God damn you for making me remember how much I love this sport. <laughs> it's it's very melodramatic and it's kind of like, it's maybe a little much, but it's well done for what it is. Yeah, it is. And I had my doubts going in because like within the first two minutes, you get the main character thrown into the camera crotch first, but you know, she's wearing an actual judo uniform. So, you know, cool also the Um, judo is really nicely animated i was uh, i saw a little bit of what looked like cg at the beginning and i was like "Uh uh-oh but then most of it it's either hand-drawn or or looks enough like it that i i don't mind either way um and it's it's very it's it's like 
detailed motion, which to be honest, I did not expect in this kind of show. I expected basically still frames and a tiny bit of motion to indicate that someone's being thrown, but it's really showing all the technical moves and the footwork and stuff. Exactly. And I'm wondering how long they're going to keep that up because mm-hmm. that's got to be a strain on the crew. But, um, you know, at least while they have it, it's it's doing good because it's it's gets you more intricately involved and it raises tensions where you don't have character development really yet. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just met the main character and her friend and this other person. Um, but, you know, it's not like the matches can be really tense yet. So you're actually just in it for the fight and the fact that the choreography is there and does develop that amount of tension via the, uh, the applicable weight and the turns. And, um, it's all, it's all very engrossing. Um, and the main character is, uh, just a lot of fun to hang out with. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah, she's very, very ganky. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask, did, did you get a vibe of like visually that does this feel retro to you? A little retro? I could see it being a little bit retro, but it feels really just kind of in line with almost every other mediocre sports anime I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant like uh, character designs. I didn't look it up beforehand, but I think this is like a really long running manga. So I think it might be from like the mid 2000s or something. And it, the character designs don't look like 2023 character designs. <laughs> I, I like them, and maybe that's why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's move on to something that I watched. I'm surprised you didn't watch this one. Buddy Daddies. What a name. What a name for a show. <laughs> that I'm... feels, you know, Buddy Daddies feels like a, like the sort of euphemism that people on Twitter would make fun of someone for saying for people who are definitely gay. It's like, oh, no, they're just Buddy Daddies. They're just daddies to get their dad's who live together, who are raising a kid together, but they're definitely straight. <laughs> Which is what the show is about. The thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it it's, feels very transparently like a, it's just a spy family ripoff. Um, I, I thought that was also the premise, honestly. <laughs> it is the premise. It's a spy. It's kind of a spy family ripoff. There's a bit of a twist at the end that I won't spoil, but uh, basically, it's two spies who are both dudes, uh, and they take in a girl through a bunch of kind of funny, like coincidental circumstances while they're on a job. Yeah, it's uh, we we don't really see the like them having to parent the kid in the first episode. It's just about how they meet her. Uh, so yeah, and I think I, I forget if I mentioned not not I might have said a kid, but a little girl. And what I was kind of impressed with, I actually, I didn't watch most of it and I have forgotten now if Spy Family actually does this, but I know a lot of shows shy away from this, shows of this kind shy away from it. But I was impressed that like, it mostly felt like a kind of comedic version of an actual spy thing. Like they kill people and there's like some decent action in it. Um, do Do they kill people in Spy Family? I can't remember. I haven't watched past season one and I don't think, Oh, no, they do uh, separately at least like the, the two leads kill people. I couldn't yeah. remember Cause I felt like I remembered that show being a little bit or the manga being a little afraid of being like, yeah, they, they murder people. That's their job. <laughs> but maybe I mean, one I of the, you're remembering one of them yeah, was, was literally an assassin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking of stuff like, like this has a similar vibe to um, what was the name of that show? Great pretender. 
a show that fundamentally misunderstood what's cool about thieves and con men by having them like never actually commit a crime because it would be bad if they committed crimes. <laughs> so uh, it is cool that they're committing to like, yeah, these are these are spies who who like shoot people in the head with guns. That's what they're. That's, it's cool to do that in a show. <laughs> it looks cool when they fight people. <laughs> I mean, that's what you thought was missing from Spy X Family, right? Because you you wanted more the straight up action, but that lent more leaned more family. Yeah, I wanted action comedy in Spy Family. I didn't expect it to be like a straight action, right? Mm. Um, but and I whatever people have told me, there's more of that later, etc. I just didn't watch it because, you know, I gave up. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I thought this was fun. Uh, the animation is really nice. This is PA works, really nice character designs as well. There are a good couple, these two buddies, just buddies, definitely just buddies. There's nothing going on here. I mean, I hope there's something going on, but I think they're probably not going to go there. Um, and yeah, one of them is like kind of cool sort of playboy dude. And then the other one is uh, looks very cool and collected, but is like actually a hikikomori at home who just like gets himself all dressed up to go be a spy, which is kind of a bit of a funny twist. And of course, they're both hot, right? I mean, come on, of course, they're daddies. They're not just guys; they're daddies. Well, they're buddy daddies. So they have <laughs> they're buddy to be hot. daddies. <laughs> uh, all right, you're up next. Uh, I, I did want to. I did want to say. I hope Polly Shore makes an appearance just to go, buddy. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a Polly Shore reference in this anime. Anime, it's <laughs> that's you know not from 1980 something. Uh, uh, I'll go Lee's Detective Agency, um, and I didn't know it when I started to watch it. A, it's a short; it's 10 minutes long. Uh, I'm not going to be watching this one either. I started watching it personally because there's a character named Wai Fu, and you and know a Chinese character. Yes. Okay, okay. This is uh, a short that's set in the Arknights mobile game universe. Oh, and no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't even know what Arknights was, and now I don't care. Um, but the the story centers around Lee's detective agency, which is an organization that handles odd jobs that aren't police work as emphatically expressed via the intro prior to the OP in this 10 minutes short. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Except that the very first episode deals with a kidnapping, which you know is definitely not something the police would deal with. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's 10 minutes long. It feels a lot longer. Um, but some some scenes can be visually interesting. Like you can tell they they were trying to create uh, some excellent sense of motion and some sort of visual thrill. There's a a really good chase from a theater stage into some of the box seats at the theater. Um, it's just some nice camera swings and angles that you don't usually see. Um, but uh, the best thing about this is actually some of the nonverbal communication via small movements um, of the hands and uh, extremities. And they just kind of, they're quick and emphasized, but they're the only movement in the scene. So it's also kind of subtle in its own way, mm. um, which is, I know sounds like a complete contradiction, but you'll understand when you see it. Um the only bad thing is it kind of reminded me of the old flash animations from like killfrog.com and Joe cartoon, but um, yeah, obviously a lot better art than that. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that's maybe because it's digital animation. 
like all digital, like it's 2D, right? But it's for maybe digital first 2D, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, it definitely, the camera motions definitely feel like that. Hmm. Um, I can go next. I can pick a show that we both watched. Revenger. Don't get confused. It's not the other show. This is Revenger. Just one. And they're not in Tokyo. <laughs> Edo Revenger. Uh, Edo. Is it Edo, Edo period? They're not in Edo. It's like Nagasaki. No. Nagasaki Revenger. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting choice, Nagasaki. Um, this one, I have like very mixed feelings. It's cool, but I'm not super sold yet. Um, I actually have some notes on this. Let me, I should have pulled my notes up earlier. But uh, what do you think of Revenger? Uh, my very first note, because I didn't write anything down until the end of the episode, which may be telling. Um, I really like this. Uh, mostly, I think the the background music is amazing. They have this mix of traditional taiko and like this warped mm. choral bits uh, towards the end, which I don't know if it's meant to reflect sort of the guy's headspace or um, the situational uh air but uh it's it, there's some wonderful music choices throughout um facial expressions and scene compositions doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this um and the the cold open before you know the the title sequence and all that um it's i think it's almost without dialogue um there's there's one line i think spoken by the 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 guy who gets his at the end but uh, I love the storytelling all throughout it. And of course, there's there's blood a go-go because this is uh, Hirobuchi, So, Oh, I didn't see. I didn't. Uh, I sorry. Yeah, I didn't really do too much research here. So I I think I might have heard this was Urobuchi, but I forgot. That makes sense now that I think about it, because I was going to say it's like pretty moody and has a bunch of like cool twists in the first episode, which like, yeah, that, that checks out. That's the <laughs> yeah. that's the Urobuchi kind of thing is it it's got like yeah it just has a a certain kind of cinematic flair and keeps you guessing uh, it's like yeah it's a bit of like a thriller so I, I did like this it's like about a guy who assassinates someone he's a, a samurai uh assassinates someone and then gets like betrayed and then you know is on a bit of a revenge quest that seems to resolve itself in the first episode which leaves me wondering what there's left to do other than I hope it's not going to just be like episodic taking jobs from people, which would be boring. I hope it is continuing down like a singular revenge quest of some sort, but I don't know who there's left <laughs> to avenge or, you know, take revenge on. Um, yeah. I thought the, the twist the, there's like two twists at the end that I thought were really good that I won't spoil. Um, here's my issue is I got a bit of a pet peeve with stuff like this, that, tonally and sort of script wise and everything is going for cool historical thriller you know kind of like mostly grounded storytelling wise but then in terms of character designs and abilities and stuff it just gets like bonkers stupid anime bullshit and it just yeah. it pulls me right out like the costumes don't look period accurate people the characters look all mismatched like like it's got that like almost gotcha game look to it where it's just like everybody looks totally different like they don't really look like they fit into any realistic version of this world they're not wearing they're wearing like cool anime samurai costumes but not like costumes that would actually make sense 
It's like spot the stand user in the JoJo's world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, see, with JoJo's, I think it's fine because it's like so ludicrous. But here, oh, sure. uh, this kind of thing just throws me off. So that's yeah. a little like bit said, of a shame. Like you said, this is trying to play it straight. And, you know, that yeah. shit really does pop out and drag you out. And that was that was my huge thing was like the get backers superpowers. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, why do you need that? It's such a simple I know simple story and I then you have a kite that can fly by itself and i'm like you're the only thing i kind of i kind of liked the kite because i am a fan of the sort of strangling a guy with monofilament wire thing <laughs> so i mean the fact that it's like laced with diamonds there's a lot of details it put into it that's like really cool mm-hmm. but you know i'm already accepting that you're going to be putting in these ludicrous designs and yeah uh come on you were doing so well at the physics at least <laughs> yeah you're up next we got to keep moving we took too long on the early ones which often happens all right sugar apple sugar apple fairy tale uh want to check this out because it was an absolutely stupid sounding title it had fairy tale in it so i'm a huge fan of folklore so wanted to check that out is it actually I- a fairy tale though that sounds like the sort of title that wouldn't actually be a fairy tale <laughs> It not only is a fairy tale, but it actually involves fairies. Um, so, and the title itself reminded me of the Wolf Whistling song from Spice and Wolf. So, you know, based on absolutely nothing, but I figured, why not? Um, and this uh, the show involves the main character, Anne, who re- rejects like a, a questionably earnest marriage proposal from a member of a wealthy family in order to chase her own dreams of becoming the silver sugar artisan just like her mother was. And uh, those were people who had worked with fairies uh, in that world. And, you know, there were sort of a kind give and take between humanity then, but then there was some uprising. Uh, humans conquered the fairies and now they like sell fairies on the black market. Um, you know, work fairies and companion fairies and war fairies and all that. Um and they sort of keep them in check by plucking off one of their wings and uh, keeping it in a sack around their uh, neck to crunch, and that harms the fairy somehow. Um, but the I main think I con- lost you in there, but you just keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the main conflict is set up such that the main character has to take this long trip to a neighboring town, so she hires or buys a. A warrior fairy to accompany her as an escort and she says you know i'll give you your wing back and your freedom uh, so long as you help me get to that place uh and you know the fairy's kind of uh not happy because you know he's a slave and um kind of calls her out on wanting to be so friendly all the way and insisting that you know just because she will grant him his freedom that you know doesn't make them friends because she's still using his enslavement to her advantage and i'm actually really glad the series calls that out kind of early um there's unfortunately not as much character chemistry as in a spice and wolf kind of thing but um there is definitely a chemistry there even if it is um fairy constantly hits on girl to make her flustered just so that he can be ordered around which is kind of weird um, oh, this is like a gender reversed Spice and Wolf, right? In that, and I'm just looking it up. I didn't realize it's a shoujo manga. Yeah. So, in in that, like the object of desire in Spice and Wolf is is Holo, but the object of desire here is the fairy guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and the only the 
uh, some of the art reminded me of Humanity Has Declined, but the only link between the two shows that I saw through ANN was uh, uh, Kenji Terraro, Terral, uh, was the art animation director on the former and did some key animation for the show. Hmm. But it, it was it was kind of sweet and funny, and I'll, I'll check out at least uh, one more episode. It does look kind of decent. I'm surprised I didn't, uh, I think I, I missed it when I was looking for stuff, but uh, I'm always happy to see like more shoujo adaptations and specifically it's a shoujo fantasy adaptation which is cool so yeah let's see i'm gonna go next uh we hit a lot of my stuff i will briefly talk about malevolent spirits mono no gatari very confusing (laughs) pun (laughs) title because it's supposed to be mononoke and monogatari this is definitely a show that people who don't know what they're talking about will ask you whether they have to watch Bakemonogatari before they watch it. <laughs> it's not part of the Monogatari series. It's just doing a pun on the word Monogatari, which means story. This was, I was like yelling at the screen. It's not even bad. It's just the most mediocre, middle of the road, uh, supernatural shonen battle manga <laughs> that I've, or anime I've seen in a long time based on a manga. Um, let me see. Where are my notes? Where are my notes? I got this is this is good notes bait because I was like just could not believe how dull it was. Uh, yeah, like all the character designs, super generic looking. Uh, it does a ton of it's like a lot of exposition, which is like one of my least favorite things about these kinds of series is it just stops dead and goes like, now let me explain to you the different types of ghosts that exist in the world and oh. how there's different types of hunters that have to fight them. And it's like, yeah, all right, I'm <laughs> done here. Um, yeah. And also, uh, let's see, just, I thought the script was really like tacky and did a bunch of stuff where like, like the main character, his, his like defining feature is that he hates these ghosts too much. He's like a guy who hunts them, but they're supposed to like, help them leave this world peacefully but he just likes to kill them because he has a grudge that's like his his character flaw is he's like too good at killing (laughs) ghosts (laughs) uh they're called suku mogami which is i I think an existing word that you may be familiar with in japanese folklore describing that's the uh type of spirit that inhabits the an item that's been around for a hundred years and uh i think okay got it see i'm talking to the expert here (laughs) so uh, then he gets sent to live with a bunch of sort of friendly Tsukumogami that are like helping the humans. And uh, it's like his grandpa sends him and he's literally like, you need to go live with them so that you can learn to uh, you can get over your grudge and learn to uh, be able to work with them. I'm like, yeah, that's the subtext. Somebody forgot to like write <laughs> a script here. <laughs> And then uh, the final thing is there's some fight scenes and stuff that have some of the worst compositing I've seen since Handshakers, where the characters just do not look like they are standing on the ground. Ouch. Not a good show. Uh, I, this is one of my you know things where I was like, that looks kind of generic, but I'll give it a shot because sometimes that results in me watching Akudama Drive. Uh, in this case, this is no Akudama Drive. Well, if we're rolling down the hill of bad... Um... I'm going to tell you about the tale of outcasts, uh, which is kind of what if a beauty in the beast, but a supernaturally observant, poverty stricken, physically abused six-year-old orphan in the care of a slave trading priest looking for her highest bidder 
and an immortally bored demon furry who's severely fuckable in both his physical forms. Uh, You're watching a lot of stuff with slaves. I know. It was disturbing. <laughs> and especially because I don't usually watch fantasy either mm-hmm. um, all that much. And this is just sort of reinforcing why. Uh, <laughs> um, the The show's actually not horrible, despite everything I just said. But the the real problem is, like, the show doesn't give its main character, you know, the six-year-old girl, uh, any sort of agency except the fact the the fact that she gives away her agency to have agency um and the fact that she gives her self to the demon that comes to protect her um because the demon will disappear himself and he's been kind to her and reading her bedtime stories and stuff like that um because he will disappear because you can't be nice to a human without making some sort of contract so she offers him her eyes um in exchange for uh, spending eternity with him, traveling the world, and having him narrate uh, the world to her. And I've never been more uh, sympathetic towards a demon. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's not a great show. Well, all right. So I think we only have three left. Next up, High Card, Inc. You should probably watch High Card. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know if that's earnest or not. <laughs> Um, I am not sure if I really like it, but, uh, it was just, it was fun to watch high card. As far as I can tell, it's like a media mix property. It does seem pretty similar, uh, vibes wise to something like, um, hypnosis, Mike, where like, I'm pretty sure it's, it's for ladies. Uh, it's for people who are attracted to men more accurately. Cause it's, it's about like hot guys in suits strutting around and looking cool but even if you're not there for the you know very good looking guys i should say this is like a poker a super powered poker thing that's like uh, i think credited to the uh, i forget their name the original creator of kakegurui oh, okay. so so yeah <laughs> it's not really about gambling very much though in the first episode it's uh here's here's the deal there's like a, a deck of cards that has uh, superpowers if you have uh, one of the cards and you say play and then it like while you're holding the card and then it turns into gloves or something on your I think they are all gloves. I don't know in the first episode I think they all turn into gloves in the people's hands so maybe that's all of them and then there's like some kind of superpower associated with them um, and Very people cool. are trying to track down the different cards and the main character is uh, a pretty fun kind of like roguish uh he's like a like a pickpocket uh which i love i I love like a thief character it's a bit of you know that's a character type that i like is a a, a rogue um and yeah so it starts with a pretty fun scene of him like uh picking someone doing like an elaborate pickpocketing scheme to to steal something still like a watch from a guy uh but he's like a thief with a heart of heart of gold he's trying to save the literally trying to save the orphanage uh, by stealing watches from people oliver i can't live without you man. i know i know it's it's like really corny right but uh it it's it's very nicely animated and like you know just kind of fun tropey stuff like that and uh, the action is very good actually uh so like there's there's a he basically runs into a guy who has one of these cards and the card gives him like supernatural luck which is pretty cool. So there's like there's a bunch of scenes of him like trying to pickpocket the guy and then constantly being interrupted by like 
it's like that Harry Potter thing. They take like the luck potion um, and then like everything goes right for them. So it's like he can't pick this guy's pocket because he like people keep bumping into him whenever he tries to do it. That kind of thing. Mm. Um, Because the guy because the target has has good luck. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then and like one of the guy's powers is he can like touch people and turn them into marbles and then he he can like fire the marbles at people. It's like actually a pretty cool set of like bonkers superpowers. Um, yeah. And like very, very nice production values on it. I think there's like not really going to be, this is not something to be taken seriously though. I think it kind of wants to be taken seriously. Um, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, but I think it is, it is fun as like a, just, just kind of very off the wall anime thing. And I don't think I took notes on it. I need to, right now I need to pull up the Wikipedia because I need to tell you the names of some of these characters and things in high card. There's a million different groups, different like, you know, secret societies and things. And one of them is called the Klondikes, which is very funny. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The main character, I forgot this was his name. His name, he's a young man named Finn Oldman. <laughs> uh, there's a character named Leo Constantine Pinocchio. That's some random finger dictionary placement. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Brandy Blumenthal, Ban Klondike, Bobby Ball, I'm going through the Wikipedia, Sugar Peas, <laughs> and now check this out. This is what I forgot I because I, I wasn't taking notes. What's the name of the lucky guy who, you know, he's got the card that gives him supernatural luck and he can't pick his pocket? Luckily. His name is, I, I'm trying to say this with a straight face, Lucky Lunchman. Oh my God. <laughs> See, now this is what you should have led with. And then you I know, forgot had to be that a positive I review just, experience. I remembered there was a character with a crazy name, but I couldn't remember who or what the name was. And then he's at the bottom of the character list on Wikipedia. And it was like, there it is. Fucking lucky lunch, man. <laughs> anyway, you should watch the show just for lucky lunch, man. You know, I think it's honestly now worth a watch of at least the first episode just to hear it. So. Yeah, it's, I think it's uh, similar in some, the vibe is definitely similar to Hypnosis Mike, which was also kind of like fun to watch to just be like, what is going on? Like, okay, I think we got two more. So you go next and then we'll wrap up with the last one, which is the conspicuous one that's missing. That is, I think, fairly popular right now. Dum -dum. All right. So uh, I, out of the blue, I don't know why um, I saw a very long title and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of up for this right now. Uh, and I started watching the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. That's a so, lot of, a lot of prepositions and conjunctions and things. Lots, lots of adjectives uh, yeah. floating around there. Um, and I'm, I'm going to summarize this by giving away the last two uh, lines of dialogue in the story. And you'll instantly know why I love this show. This is a story of two young girls from a certain kingdom. The story of a princess who loved magic more than anyone else, but whom magic did not love in return. The story of a noble lady who was born with everything, but who had nothing. The story of their revolution. Now, why isn't now, that the title? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to put it in like type 1.5 font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's adorable. It's charming. Uh, it's It's... Got a lot of good charm with uh, running gags and timing and comedic placement. Um, it's basically the story of 
a princess who's given up her um, claim to the throne um, just to pursue magic, uh, which she can't actually do. So she's pursuing magic via technology or the technology of her kingdom. And that's largely like one person in a room with like a chemistry set and uh she's stupid strong and she goes out and slays uh beasts to kind of grab the jewels or pelts or stuff that are used by the the magician to make uh, uh potions for her to be able to do uh magic um but she does run into uh her brother is a uh, kind of an asshole prince and he there's lots of things that happen basically the 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 girl ends up with his ex-fiance and uh together they run off and that's the end of the episode and it's it's bloody awesome i love it philip uh eber's choice uh he he also fell in love with it pretty hard um and i cannot wait to watch the next episode and this is the first thing i've actually loved upon first watch uh, in this kind of a genre, and it's a genre that tricks me, and I'm not going to give away what genre it is, but um, mm. kind of easy to figure it out. But uh, I will say it's it doesn't have most of the trappings of that genre, and it plays it nice and straight. Um, there's there's like one sort of a, a telling dream and one line of dialogue, but you know the the latter can be taken. Uh, one of two ways, although it's mostly the sort of flat out way. Um, and the, the one scene is really quick and it's not meant to linger in your head, but it's definitely identifiable. And it, and when I saw it, I was like, God damn it. They made me watch one of these and it's awesome. Moving on to our last show, which uh, like I was alluding to, I, I think people are, are pretty into, and I was pretty into Tomo-chan is a girl, which uh, is based on a manga that, like, I feel like this was somewhat, like, anticipated. Uh, I've definitely seen some, like, some love for the original manga version of this. Uh, and you also watched this. Did you like Tomo-chan? It was okay. Um, I think I was a victim of overhype, because uh, mm. my, my feed was, like, filled with people waiting for this. And uh, I honestly didn't like the main character i like I, I liked her uh her sidekick a lot better really oh well, yeah. i mean i like her sidekick a lot yeah her si- I, I just i just watched um I mean, we should just say what this is but i just watched uh uh fruits basket not a fan i did a review for secret santa um read it. At, read it you said yes oh the, the uh, review read, the read review review of... i thought you meant the manga i, didn't, I don't like the manga either but uh but no, uh, she reminds me of the the goth girl in uh, in Fruits Basket, who's one of my favorite characters in that show. But uh, the main character, Tomo-chan, uh, she's a girl, as the title says. But uh, she's a, a very much a tomboy. Her dad is uh, like has a karate dojo. She's like super strong and is very just just like very masculine in her sort of uh, the way she acts. And uh, this, the, the very cute premise of this is that she has a crush on her childhood friend, but he just treats her as one of the guys and is totally clueless. And she wants to be more feminine, but uh, can't help her nature. And uh, then she has a kind of goth girlfriend who is a nice contrast to her. 
and who's kind of like fucking with her a little bit. <laughs> fucking with everybody. That's like the best part. She's a gremlin. She is such an agent of chaos. Yes. <laughs> yes she's great. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think Tomo-chan is like very cute in how she's like, she's just a very uh, awkward character who's like always stumbling and screwing up and that that I found kind of funny. Like the dynamic with, with her and and I forget his name, the guy friend. Like it's a good combo of like them both being kind of idiots and then they have this this friend who knows what's up and is like, oh my God, these two. Like two friends who know that what's up and it's, it's mm-hmm. on both sides. And I've, I've seen that before because just two seasons ago or three seasons ago with Shikimori uh, is not just a cutie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I thought that show really nailed that sort of chemistry where as like everyone it's kind of easier to identify with someone who can't really notice themselves as something um, that everyone else does, but at least, you know, almost everyone else acknowledges it. Uh, Whereas this one, the two main characters are just so blind. It's just suspension of disbelief is not possible. Uh, And you get, you get little things like, uh, the male character does react to seeing like her shirt wet and sort mm-hmm. of like runs off. So you kind of like, Oh, is he just in like deep state denial over, you know, his own feelings, which, you know, kudos to the show, but the way it plays at 90% of the time is he literally thinks she is a male and right. Th- right. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Uh, one thing I did find funny in here also is like that even within the first episode, almost every character is revealed to have some secret admirer that they're totally unaware of. Oh, I did. You know, I said they didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, it's I think only the goth girl doesn't. Oh, no, I think that it's maybe implied that the, the guy friend guys, oh, the guy likes her. And then there's like the the two girls who like that other guy friend who's hanging out with Tomo-chan. <laughs> Oh, right, uh, right. And then Tomo likes the um likes the her friend. And then by the end of it, the two girls have fallen in love with Tomo. It's like everyone, it's just like a you know, I I, I enjoy stuff like that. I really like uh Sude Dude Children, which is about just like absurd high school love polygons of just like everybody is got somebody who they're in love with. Yeah, I, I wanted to like this a lot more because I do love uh, a good tomboy story. Um but uh yeah it just it didn't really grab me and the the one gag uh on this one ran kind of thin except for uh gundo gundo makes Mm. is the is my joy in this series but i don't think she is enough to make it uh make me watch more episodes of it unfortunately love a good uh goth girl sidekick in a show like Mm. not necessarily doesn't necessarily work as the lead but very funny as a sidekick (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to watch an entire show of her either. Yeah. I guess it's like Susie also, right? I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's always a good side character, that, that trope. But Mm. yeah, honestly, I'm the, I I enjoyed it, but I'm, I'm not going to keep up with this. Like, realistically, this is not uh, the sort of thing that I'm going to make time for, (laughs) to be honest. So that's it. We hit the end of the list. Uh, Overall, hmm, this sure feels like a catching your breath season after fall 2022. With some with some good surprises in there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am uh, probably maybe I'll watch Trigun. Uh, Trigun's the one that's the most like I would like to watch that at some point. I don't know if I will watch it this season if I'll actually finish it because I feel like 
maybe a little higher priority for me to finish Witch from Mercury. And then I just, man, I don't have time for that much anime. Uh, like the thing that made me, actually, I forgot the thing that made me unable to keep up with last season was that I had to watch 24 episodes of Fruits Basket. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, <laughs> this other stuff's not happening. And then it was like not even good. So that made me mad. <laughs> you hush your mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, I hope I get this interaction, right? Please email us at podcast at antigamers.com if you're mad at my Fruits Basket opinions. And I, I you will, will be. Yeah. So when you're mad, you send the email, write me a, you know, a couple paragraphs, and I will click the delete button, and then we'll just record another podcast. Uh, so speaking of that, you can find uh, more from us on antigamers.com, uh, our blog with all the, all the show notes and all that good stuff um anygamers.com slash podcast is all the the info on the podcast and uh i am on twitter at sign vamptvo v-a-m-p-t-v-o and ink is at sign ink are you you're doing ink just ink now i'm always mm-hmm. forgetting right ink underscore just underscore ink i'm on mastodon vamptvo at mastodon.social what's your mastodon are you using that actively ink at mastodon.social cool which and, I uh, really should jump servers at some point. Oh, why? Just because it's slow? It's not that slow. But. Not that slow, but I'd like a more writer-centric one. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, Mastodon's fun. Get in there. And what else? You can uh, listen. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, and leave us reviews to help. Oh, and Spotify. Leave us reviews to f- help more people find the show. I always do this without notes for this show whereas any gamers i have it all sitting in front of me uh and speaking of we'll be back soon with a new episode with me and david so look forward to that (laughs) thanks as always inc i will see you again in spring 2023 been a blast later